Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Yeah, this morning is going to be, um, it's going to be powerful. I feel, I can just feel it. And I was teasing um, Pastor Matt. I don't know how spiritual it's been that he's been getting up uh, every two hours. <laughs> they do have nine puppies at home. So I think God is just utilizing the fact that he's up. But I don't know. Either way, if you want to hear from God at 3.33 in the morning, um, you know, you could go on a fast or you could get nine puppies. And what I love about, yeah, what I love about God, though, is he'll find you when you're up. But uh, love the prophetic edge on your guys' life, though, especially for Prophetic Sunday. I want to honor uh, Alex Greenberg here preaching on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, resensitized, great word, what a great minister, great man, great friend. You know, it's funny, uh, we are um, up in Boise now. It's not Boise, by the way, Boise like Colin, yes. But uh, um, it's funny, we've been hearing from people, wow, you guys would leave San Diego to go to Boise, you guys are crazy, or, you know, what sacrifice, I'm like, leave San Diego? we had already bought a house in Salt Lake City. Like, <laughs> San Diego wasn't the expense. The expense was we already had vision and dreams to be a part of this campus. I mean, this is where we saw ourselves and had, I mean, I already had uh, a new best friend in Steve. Like, we were gonna, I was, he, he recruited me to play on his soccer team. Like, like, I was like already here, we'd already moved in. <laughs> We'd already said goodbye to San Diego. The real obedience was leaving this. And, and I'll tell you what, every time we're here, I'm like, I still think we're crazy. I don't know what we were thinking. But on the other side of your obedience is always the blessing of God. I wonder who's on the other side of your obedience. I wonder what's waiting for your year to get in alignment with his will. Dang. Okay. It's prophetic Sunday. It's pretty easy in here. It's pretty easy. Uh, I heard you guys had uh, the legend Mike Finn here last Sunday. What a freaking champion, man. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how you come into this place. Give it a little time, and your life might start working, too. And... Uh, uh, I'm telling you, what I see, I see it right now, is some of the greatest communicators in the Awakened movement are going to come out of this campus. Just going to tell you right now. But to be one of the greatest communicators, it's not a gift. It's, it, it, yes, there's gifts, but it's a life. It's a life that has been vul vulnerable, has, with vulnerability, opened itself up to God's transforming power. 
And what I love about Mike Finn is there's nobody maybe more broken than when he got here. And it's funny, you can be a ridiculously handsome guy. I think he's like, you know, six foot three, six foot one, great hair, all the things, you know, that I don't have. But your outward appearance doesn't necessarily mean your inward heart is working or your life's functioning. You with me? But wherever you are and, and whatever you're bringing to the table, bring it to God. Let him, let him work on us. You with, you with me? Um, I've got a, a great word. It's called, I can see clearly now. We just came off of freedom uh, kind of week and Freedom Wednesday, and I want to talk real quickly before we get into the word today on the purpose of freedom. And I brought a couple little pictures that help me understand what freedom is for. It's actually for function, um, not just to eliminate bad behaviors. It's actually to prepare your life to produce. And so I wanted to show a quick picture of this orchard from Brazil, if we have that picture. Yeah, okay. It's pretty cool. This orchard in Brazil produces one million tons of oranges every year, and it is productive and feeds the world and its nation life, health, nutrients. Um, but I want you to show, as they were growing this orchard, I want you to know they didn't start producing a, a million tons. They didn't start with a million tons. And you, when you become productive, you don't start necessarily with a lot of fruit, but you start with a measure of fruit that people like, and they, they say, you know what, you should figure out a way to make some more of that. But I want you to know when you're expanding your fruitfulness or your productivity, it looks like freedom. And so I want you to bring up the next picture as they were expanding their orchard. Oh, wow. So wait a minute. I can't just throw orange seed into that and it'll start producing? You see, freedom, and I'm going to give a little context on freedom. Because I think we look at freedom as just bad stuff that has to get out of the way. No, no, no. Freedom is the preparation of the soil of your life and heart so that God can plant things that matter. Things that your life are supposed to produce. And so freedom for me, and this is what's changed my life around freedom and why I'm almost kind of a freedom junkie. I'm always looking for an optimized return on my life and on my fruitfulness. And if there's a 30, 60, 100-fold return, it has everything to do, not with the power of the seed. It has, it has to do with the condition of the life that the seed gets into. Are you with me? And so if, if you maybe didn't get the message um, from Pastor Alex on Wednesday night, or you, you haven't fully comprehended freedom, or you're looking at your life as like, listen, I don't have a whole lot of issues. You know what I mean? I don't have, I don't have things that are so dominant in my life. Well, don't look at it as, as eliminating negativity. Look at freedom through the lens of optimizing productivity. 
Once you begin to look through the lens of optimizing productivity, freedom will become your friend and you will want to master how to clear land and prepare soil for abounding, abundant crops. You tracking with me? I'm going to just teach on this a little bit more. It wasn't in my message, but, uh, you know, and I didn't get woken up in the middle of the night. I had to wake up and get on an airplane to get here this morning. Um, But while I was there, I was processing some of this, and I heard it was very powerful in here on Wednesday, but I just want to give some more context because I've also heard this. Well, I already dealt with that. I already dealt with that, like, when I first got here, you know, a pastor came, and they, you know, I got rejection out, or fear out, or abuse out. Can we keep that picture up of the big, um, this one? Yes, 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 yes. What I want you to understand about this is they were faithful to be productive with a 1,000 acres, and then they were trusted with more territory. But the new territory they were trusted with looked like that. No, no, whoa, whoa, no, no. The the new territory they were trusted with looked like that. And so the secret from bringing it from that to that is, has as much to do with freedom and cultivating and uprooting, coming out of agreement with lies and deception and dysfunctional patterns of thinking and limitation and poverty and sickness and whatever has generationally been in your grandma's life and now it's in your life. And and so what we're doing is we're uprooting things that are keeping us from productivity. Listen, listen, listen. Every single time you get promoted into new territory, You need to go back to freedom, clear the land, so that you can make the new land, the new territory, abounding again. Guess what? Freedom is actually the prelude to promotion. Because freedom brings productivity, and productivity will always bring promotion. Promotion will bring you into new territory, which needs new freedom, which brings more production, which brings more promotion, which brings more uh, territory, which brings more freedom, which brings more production, which brings more promotion, which brings you into new territory, which brings you back into another need to do more freedom. And I want you to see the picture uh, one more time, one more time, the picture of the, uh, I want you to see this, the big cat. Now listen, you can, you can deal with some things on your own, but as your life grows and expands, you need some power equipment, some power tools, It's hard to clear 10,000 acres with a spade and a shovel, you know? And what I want you to know is these altars have power to deal with big things. And I want you to hear something else. We have to graduate from micro-level issues. That's my life, my ish. Yeah, you got to get that straight. Freedom starts there. You move from micro to micro, and then you begin to grow your life, and the things around you flourish and productive. But once you move from micro, you move to what? Macro. Macro is where you begin to to uproot things in the city. 
uproot things in the education system, uproot things in the political system, uproot things in the financial sector, uproot things in the education space, uproot. You tracking with me? You have no idea how powerful freedom is. It's all about your life functioning and working. Who's waiting for your life to function? Flat. It's a Salt Lake City. Let's get into the word. This word I can see clearly now is really the definition of the prophetic. It's Prophetic Sunday. But another definition of the prophetic is a seer. Somebody who sees. And what I want you to understand is that Awaken, we don't just want ministers or pastors that come in here and see. The whole concept is that you see. That the eyes of your heart are open. And I'm believing even as we read the word and begin to go through this, get ready. You'll, you will begin to see for yourself how good God is. The destiny and plans he has for you. The productivity. You might have a, lived a life where all you've known is stuff that didn't work. Dysfunction. Frustration. You will begin to see for yourself the productive life that he has designed and engineered for you. Are you sure you're ready? I want you to know the way you lean in here is going to determine what you get out. Okay? I'll bring my best. And, and listen, it doesn't even matter how much Pastor Matt or Pastor Vince sees over you. We have to get you to a place where you see. Where you see. One of my favorite Christmas songs is, do you see what I see? Do you hear what I hear? You know, that's what Jesus said. That's why he was so powerful and productive and effective. He says, I only do the things that I see my Father in heaven do. I only say the things that I hear. The prophetic is you seeing and hearing and discerning the will of God for your life on an micro level, a micro level, and as he begins to develop this campus in your life, he might even begin to show you things on a macro level. Shouldn't the church be trusted with macro things in this city? Shouldn't God's people be responsible to see well over our city? And I'm not even necessarily going to specifically call things out of you. I'm going to call you into seeing for yourself. <laughs> Let's start in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through 23. I'm going to back it up one verse, but you guys are good with 16. Um, and I want you to understand something. Is This is Paul writing um, to the church in Ephesus. And the next scripture I'm going to be use, use is Paul writing to the church in Coloss, in Colossians. And uh, what I love about Paul is he has churches in different strategic cities. Wow, that sounds familiar. And what I want you to hear is there are similarities that he is saying to the churches and to us, to believers, trying to develop us in to healthy, mature, productive 
people. Anybody with me? Let's start. The first version we're going to read out of the New King James Version. I'm picking it up in 15. I think the screens might have it in 16. But it says, therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, this is Paul speaking, in heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Listen, listen, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes, the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him high or seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that's named, not only in this age, but also in the age which is to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him that, gave, made him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills all in all. I think we try to overcomplicate Christianity. Let's get back to the simplicity of knowing who God is, how powerful he is, and what he's intended us to look like. Holy cow. What I love about that, that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. And I want us to understand something vision or prophetic sight, it's not what you see always. It's the lenses you see through. It's the way you see. It's what you see through. It's your perception of the promise. Are you with me? And God wants to change your filters. Some of us, you know, we've got the wrong tint, the wrong prescription. And so it's, there's nothing wrong with what's in front of us. It's the way we see what's in front of us. There's actually nothing wrong with our wiring. But when we look in the mirror, we see dysfunction. We don't like what we see. We don't accept what we see. And what God wants to do is give us the right lenses. Yes, he's going to show us promises. But he needs to change the way we are oriented to his goodness and his love and his power and his son and his plans. Are you ready for some lens adjustments? Are you ready for the eyes of your understanding to come into the bigness and the goodness of God? He's amazing. He made you amazing. Why do we struggle to see ourselves through those lenses, though? But what if God could reorient? You know, a lot of freedom is uprooting rejection, fear, 
shame, disqualification, inferiority. These are just the things that I continually uproot as I'm trying to enlarge my orchard. I don't know what's in your like ground that you wrestle with, but I think all of us have issues with perception of ourselves and perception of God, especially in a valley or a region like Salt Lake City where God is, is it's religion. It's, you know, the, it's the Sistine Chapel. It's Michelangelo paints this unbelievable, vivid, bright color. And yet over time, religion darkens it to where when they found it, they thought, wow, he, he, he painted it in black and white. It was never painted in black and white. It's just the residue of religion takes the life and the color out of everything. And so you can even say like, listen, I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian. Yeah, well, you you might have had an expression or a lens of religion. But when you hear the power of God's word, is that what your religion looks like? Because if it doesn't look like this, we need a lens adjustment. If I haven't come to the full understanding of who he is and who I am, then I need adjustments. There's power in here today to bring adjustments. God wants to bring you into understanding. It's too easy in Salt Lake City, man. The grace of God is here. It's really why I like to come down here and preach. It's like, dang. You ready to try this in another um, version, in another, uh, to another city? Same apostle, same leader, sharing some similar things to another city, another critical city. And we are in a critical hour where critical cities matter. I love community churches, and churches will always have a, an aspect of community. But Awaken is a city-taking church. Do you want to know what the, well, I, I don't know if I can give the password. I can't give the password out to But the password to the Wi-Fi (laughs) is what? It's take a city. I was like, I got lit up when I was like, hey, what's the password? They're like, it's take a city. I'm like, golly. (laughs) What kind of church has a password? You know what? Listen, God's given you access to take a city. But do you have a lens? that is willing to type in a password like, we're called to take a city. You see, you see what I mean? You see what I mean? Even if he showed it to you, if you do not have the, per- the perception to see it, you won't lay hold of it. How many promises of God are perfect for you, and yet you've got a heart that's cluttered and twisted, and so therefore it doesn't, it doesn't resonate, it doesn't grow. What's born of God overcomes the world. The seed of God is transformative unless it can't take root. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We're going to go to Colossians. This one's out of the New Living Translation. I like, I probably spent about 80% of my time in the New Living Translation and about 20% of my time in uh, the New King James. But, uh, Find a version that really resonates with you, okay? Find a version that resonates with you. Um, It says, again, Colossians 1, 9 through 14. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. 
And we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Interesting, both of those cities, Paul was praying that the people in the city would have spiritual wisdom and understanding. They wouldn't just be in a place where they're told what to think, but they're led into understanding how to think for themselves about the goodness of God. You with me? Then you will live, you, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will, what? Isn't that what it's all about? Your, your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. God has engineered you to be productive. He has acres and acres and acres of your life. In fact, your destiny is connected to how productive you are in this current season. If you could learn how to be productive in this current, I don't even care if it's less than an acre. Maybe you got a tiny little parcel. Get it growing. Get something growing in it. Free. If you will grow the tiniest little thing, you'll be promoted into a little more territory and then a little more territory. And eventually, if you will learn how to be productive, which is God's will, in fact, it's right in the word, he wants you to see for yourselves that productivity is his original intent. From the beginning, go into all the world. Be productive, be fruitful, multiply, fill the world, subdue it. God, that's the original plan. Yeah, we lost it. Yeah, we forsake it. But that's why Jesus came to buy us back in his original intent, which is that our lives would work and function and be productive again. Until we become productive again, we won't ever have a voice. But once we begin to grow in our productivity at an micro level, at a micro level, and as a macro level, we begin to take territory in our city. It's a great word. It's not enough for me to see this. You, this has to get in you. This has to get in you. This has to begin to become the dominant thought, the governing thought, the governing thought, the governing thought. See, freedom is eliminating governing thoughts that are negative. But obedience to the king is responding to governing thoughts that are his will. Okay. Your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. That means if you know him now, you can know him better. In fact, if you even know him better, you can know him better and better. That means that there's no end to him. I knew we would have a hard time just getting through the word. But you know what I love about, you know what I love about this? The word has power. The word has power. Are you getting into the word? We have the awakened Bible in a year plan. Okay, are you, is it, is that become a priority for you? Priority. I mean, if you left here today and said, yeah, that guy's a little, a little passionate. 
but I'm going to start reading my Bible. <clears throat> hey, we win. Okay. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. Who is supposed to be strengthened? That we would be strengthened with his glorious power. So you will have all the endurance and patience that you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sin. Are you ready for a couple lenses? Let me give you five lenses. <laughs> the first lens is the lens of confidence. The lens of confidence. I have a quick story to share. When I was uh, 12 years old, I, um, I was a really, uh, I was a good soccer player. And I tried out for this, uh, I got invited to this select team called the Lions in Federal Way, Washington. They were the best team in the region. It was a real honor to be invited to this tryout. And, and I was very confident. And I loved the game and it was very pure. You know, when you're 12, you're, you have, there's a lot of purity about you. You play things, you do things that you love and you do things for the right reasons. And you're into things because you just like to play. And, and um, gosh, man, some of the childlikeness that God wants to bring back is just the purity of things he originally wired and engineered us to love and like. And, and so I was playing for all the right reasons and I loved the game. And one little problem, I was the last kid cut. And at 12 years old, I went from a confident kid who believed I was gifted to I opened the door to some new governing voices. And I began to give in to the fear of failure, the need for approval, and I didn't want to give 100% ever again because the pain of rejection, the pain of getting cut, like it really, um, I, didn't, I don't personally don't like pain. <laughs> I don't know about you, I don't like rejection. I, I like making the team. I like getting the job. I like getting the contract. I like getting the girl. I, I like things to go well, you know? And, and yet what happened was because of one thing that happened when I was 12, I opened the door to debris and twisting of my heart and my confidence. And it's interesting when we said yes to um, Boise, I felt all the same insecurities of when I was 12 years old. Now, I had been dealing with them along the way, but it was just new territory, new land, promoted into new. And then there's all the debris and root system and all this new acreage. And it, it humbled me and scared me. I hadn't felt fear like that in a while. Hadn't felt the governing voice of fear. The, you know the fear that shuts you down? You were excited about it and now you're like completely convinced that you do not have what it takes. And so you're actually coming up with reasons for how you can get out of it. I can't be the only one who processes life through lenses like these. 
And I want you to know, Freedom Sunday isn't something we preach. It's not like we're the gurus and we're all free and it would be good for you to get free. It's like, listen, we're all perpetually taking territory. And taking territory means I got to deal with new debris that's in front of me. And in my case, it was confidence. And confidence actually for me is the biggest miracle that's happened to me. It's the greatest miracle in my life, not just this recent time, but throughout my life, I had to surrender my insecurities to a God who's called me to be confident. And and I had to change my governing voice. But if you are a person who continues to live under the limited lenses of insecurity or inferiority or fear or anxiety, God wants to give you a confidence. You know, David, David, David said this, I am confident of this. I'll see the goodness of God in the land that I live, in the land of the living, on this side of eternity, in the promises that he has has built me for. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. That doesn't mean there's not enemies or things that are standing in my way. It just means that God is going to give me a confidence lens that if he's called me to it and I go after it, God's going to move. The next lens is the lens of length. <laughs> most thing, most the most the things that are going to take most people out is, is they just there's delay. It's been years. I I got that promise. I almost wish God never gave me that promise. Been years. Date, look at look at look at Abraham, the father of faith, had to get a lens adjustment. But it's interesting, one of the the things that Paul prayed is that you would grow in your perseverance, your patient endurance. We enter into the kingdom through faith and patience. And I will tell you, like, if you really want to be a person who is productive for the glory of God, you are going to have to exchange impatience and frustration, and you're going to have to stay in, in the thing that God said. The next lens is the lens. I'm doing okay. I see you, you were like, there's no way. Oh, no, no, there's a way. There's a way. It's Salt Lake City, baby. Anything's possible here. The next lens is the lens of expense. One of the things that Paul reminds both the church in Ephesians and Colossus, or in Ephesus and Colossus, is the price that was paid for them. Can you remind yourself on Prophetic Sunday the price that was paid for you? See, the the, the spirit of prophecy is what? The revelation of Jesus. And the key thing, the key thing, listen, listen, I could read your mail or maybe tell you something you did last Thursday, but, 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 but the greatest gift of the prophetic is that you see Jesus properly, that you see him, that you see him. And I'll tell you what, you have to see the price he paid the expense he went to for you to work, for you to function, for you and I to not just be forgiven, but to be productive again. Can you see the price that was paid for you? Maybe you can't get past the fact that you just don't deserve it. Okay, been there. One of the ways that I've tweaked my lens to get into the promise is realizing, yeah, I don't deserve it, but I know somebody who does. 
The one who paid for me with his blood deserves my life to function. And that little tweak to my lenses helps me, helps me put my hand up and say yes, even when I'm feeling intimidated and afraid or insecure or less than enough for the assignment. And I feel those things a lot. I want you to know, like, courage is not the absence of fear. It's just the ability to obey God in the presence of fear. Okay? Let me say one other thing. Jesus paid for you, but your destiny has a price tag too. And listen, I don't care if you buy your car on discount. I don't care if you buy your house on discount. It's probably a good idea. Never buy your destiny on discount. Your destiny has a price tag, and it's worth paying for. But don't think you can shortcut your way cut your way, cheat your way into the best that God has for you. No farmer would do that. I'm telling you, the farmer that's producing a million tons of oranges is committed to the process. They don't take shortcuts in the development of productivity. Neither can you and I. It's the lens of expense. The next one is the lens of awe. Those of you that know me thought I was going to say adversity. <laughs> yeah, Because well, it's an A. You notice the acronym? If you didn't notice the acronym, did you notice it? Clear. I can see clearly. Confidence lens, the lens of length, the lens of expense. I was going to do the lens of adversity, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, no, no, no. The prophetic is seeing me. Can you come back? into an awareness of how awesome he is, how holy he is, how remarkable he is, how extraordinary his power is for you. Can you come back into awe? Do you want to know the only thing on my vision card this year? It says that John baptized for the forgiveness of sins and repentance, but Jesus baptized in the Holy Spirit and with fire for whatever reason the target of my life is the awe of God I want to come back into a new season where I see him right where I see him right and I won't relent on my pursuit for this year until I am in awe again until my, you see, the problem with being in church is you can get used to it. And you can miss the splendor and the holiness of heaven. And I charge us all to adjust our lenses again, to see him like for the first time. Isaiah 6, just taken, just, just blown away by his holiness. And then finally, last lens, and we're going to be done here. Like we are done here, but I said I'd get through it. It just happens to be the lens of responsibility. Ooh, feel pretty responsible. Hear me. What the, the lens of responsibility brings revival. But when revival come, comes, what did, how did Jesus charge us to pray? To pray for the harvest or to pray for the laborers? We're getting ready to launch um, Pathfinder's Apprenticeship this Tuesday. Hear me. Hear me. 
the city needs laborers, leaders, highly productive people. We're coming into a season of productivity. We're also getting ready to launch Awaken You. In fact, this is the last time you can get your applications in. There's something about joining the army. And, and listen, 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 listen. Until you and I take a lens of responsibility for our city, for our family, for our future, we will not see revival in it. Revival is on the other side of you and I putting our hand up and saying, man, I need to be a part of the work. Maybe you're on the fence on Awaken You. It's going to be a movement. It's going to be a movement. I'm telling you. We're a discipleship church. We raise marketplace legends in Pathfinders, and we will bring revivalists out of Awaken You. I just need you to understand. Revival is on the backs of those that take responsibility for their city. Would you stand with me? Holy cow, I feel the presence of God. In fact, uh, prayer, uh, ministry team, ministry team, if you guys could come up. If you've been touched by heaven this morning, I have. I might find my way to the altar somehow. I don't know. Can preachers go to the altar? Okay. If you are feeling a call on your life and heart to come out of mediocrity, to come out of just even believing in God and to come into productivity, to come into life, to come into abundance, to come into to, to the things God engineered you for. This is your altar call. Remember, this is, you remember that big heavy equipment you saw in the picture before the orchard? This is what happens here. Crazy thinking gets uprooted and then God begins to plant life. What's gonna happen up here? I'll tell you, I wanna get ready. You guys are gonna have words and knowledge for people. You're gonna have seed. See, the seed of heaven is the word of God. And I, I see if, if you're here and you're opening your heart to the promise of God, the, what's, what's born of God, the seed of God is what overcomes the world. It's when God begins to plant and impregnate you with his seed. For some of you, you need your confidence adjusted. You might need patience back. You're frustrated because of how long it's taken. And God has another season. He wants to put fresh endurance in you. Maybe that's you. Maybe you, you haven't applied the price tag of Christ and his blood to your life. Or maybe you need to, you need to pay a price for something. Maybe it was the 2023 offering. And you were like, dang, that feels heavy. But, but maybe there's something attached to that price tag. I don't know. I'm saying there's a price. Let's pay it. Let's receive the price paid and step into the price that we get the privilege to pay. Or maybe it's you need to encounter God again. Maybe you're not even going to come up here and have somebody pray for you. Maybe you're going to come up here and just get on your knees and just worship and just ask God to open your eyes again to how holy and good he is. Or maybe you know you have to respond to awaken you. You have to do it. It's no longer a pretty good idea. You know what? It's going to be inconvenient. But I'll tell you what. 
The enemy of greatness is always convenience. Maybe it's time to say, you know what? I'm making room. I'm taking responsibility. Just put your hands up real quick. Holy Spirit, I just release clarity. Seers, 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 seers. I'm telling you, Steve McMahon, there's another level for you. There's another level for you. There's another level for you. You're, there's another level for you. There's another level for you. But no, no, uh, no person can see it. You have to see it. It has a price tag, but there's another level. There's bigness, 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 bigness. Better and better and better. More and more and more. Giftings and passions and desires and dreams. I release the sight of heaven over Salt Lake City in Jesus' name. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.